successful media and public affairs consultant, accomplished entrepreneur and national writer and contributor, attorney who served in the Missouri House of Representatives, worked in the White House and CNN, thought leader, entrepreneur, and host who takes the conversation to the next level. Prepare to get rare access to fascinating guests. You're connected. You have the it factor. You've joined Grill Nation. Get out of Connect with Jason on Twitter at Jason Grill. Connect with the show on Twitter at Grill Nation Show. And online at GrillNationShow.com. Welcome your host of Grill Nation. Always dressed up and ready to go even in a radio studio. Here's Jason Grill. Hello and welcome to the Grill Nation Show. I'm your host, Jason Grill. Thanks for joining uh, us today on 980 AM. KMBZ as well as on iTunes via podcast and at grillnationshow.com that's the show's website uh we list all of our uh, guests on that website we have all of our sponsors and supporters as well as photos of all of our guests and podcasts of old shows in case you missed it i always like to look back at old shows and check them out we've had a lot of really good shows this year and i'm excited to continue that i hope you're having a great week so far and a great day at the top of the show today i want to thank our partners and supporters of the Grill Nation show. They make this show run. They're great companies here in Kansas City and great people. First off, I want to thank our title sponsors of the show, our most important, but uh, never get enough recognition. I want to make sure they do today. Trust, MoBank, BOK Financial, and two West companies and Ryan Rink. Thank you for your title support of the Grill Nation show with Jason Grill. Contributors to the Grill Nation show include the KCADC. That's the Kansas City Area Development Council. Thank you, Tim Cowden. Port KC, and John Stevens. And last but not least, Brian Sarf from True Wealth and Company, who's a guest host and honor contributor to the Grill Nation show. And first off on the show today, I want to, I want to explain something. Brian actually is going to be joining me today. He comes in each and every month with a, to guest host with me and brings on a uh, very successful Kansas City regional person who has built a business and does great work. And today will be no exception. Uh, Brian will be coming on here in a few minutes. Uh, he is going to have on Jeff Sullivan, uh, who's the head of retail banking for Academy Bank, and Tim Kay, who's a senior vice president of residential mortgage lending at Academy Bank. I unfortunately will not be joining Brian today for the show. You're in good hands with Brian Sarf from True Wealth and Company. Their website is retirewithtrue.com. We had some uh, taping and scheduling conflicts that arose at the lab that I had, uh, I double booked myself, but I wanted to make sure that you knew that as we start the show that Brian Sarf from True Wealth and Company, uh, will be having on the show today. Jeff Sullivan and Tim Kay from Academy Bank. He will be hosting the show. I won't be with you, but I think it's going to be a great show. I hope you continue to listen to the show. Brian does a great job with his business and joining me each and every month here on the Grill Nation show with Jason Grill. So with no, without uh, further ado, let's hand it over to Brian Starr from True Wealth and Company. Brian, take it away. Thank you very much. Hey, great to be here, Jason. I love joining you every month here on the Grill Nation show. Today, we're joined by Jeff Sullivan. He's the head of retail banking for Academy Bank. And Tim Kay, he's the senior vice president of residential mortgage lending. Welcome, Tim and Jeff. How are you all today? Really good. Thank you. Doing great. Thank you. Yeah, good to have you guys here. So what is new and exciting in the world of banking? Come on, I don't want to hear silence on it. Come on, you got to have one good thing that's fun and exciting that you guys are up to at Uh, Academy Bank. It's summertime. Lots of people buying houses and buying businesses and the economy is all over the place. I mean, have you slowed down in 10 years 
uh, doing home loans? <laughs> usually around Christmas for about a week, Christmas to New Year's. Because <laughs> you run eight days a week? <laughs> usually, pretty, pretty much. much. Yeah, yeah. 12 how hours many, a day. How many home loans have you done in, uh, in, in your career, would you estimate? You I'm not idea? sure how many home loans, but I know we have about 6,500 families in our database, and about 99% of those are, are home loans. That's so phenomenal. Around 6,000 probably. I know the work that you do for our clients. Yeah. It's been awesome, and the feedback we get is incredible. The service, the attention to detail. Yeah, thank you. Appreciate just that. Love how you know it, it's it's effortless. When I send a client to you all, that yeah, they need a mortgage loan. It's taken <laughs> care of, and it's good. Flow, flows through easy. Yeah, we pretty much go on autopilot when we get to that point. What's uh, what's your number at the bank? If anybody's looking for a mortgage loan, they want to talk to you, or if they're a realtor and they don't know a good mortgage uh, a mortgage banker out there to give you a jingle. Yeah, this is Tim. My direct number is nine one three two three two five six seven two. You got it. And my email is uh, tkay at academybank.com. All right. That's awesome. Yeah, thanks. So, Mr. Jeff Sullivan, you're head of uh, retail banking for Academy Bank. Um, how, long have you been, uh, how long have you been with Academy? I've been with Academy since uh, 2002. Uh, so there's a lot of exciting stuff happening in the world of retail banking. It's an ever-changing uh, part of the, of the industry. Uh, we see clients... Uh, changing every day just how their demands are or what they need from the branch. Uh, a lot of them don't need to come in as much as they used to, so we're having to adjust to that. Uh, what Academy is doing is uh, still growing and adding branches, uh, which is pretty unique for us in the marketplace. A lot of banks are closing branches, but we, what we see as an opportunity is to utilize technology and to come up with a smarter branch, smaller footprint, more dynamic teams, more technology, uh, and we've uh, really – focused on that over the last two or three years. Well, Academy Bank um, is part of Dickinson Financial Corporation, and the Dickinson family uh, made a pretty heavy commitment you know, behind Academy Bank and, and what their long-term vision is. Can you share some of that with our listeners that aren't familiar with the Dickinson family and aren't familiar with Academy Bank here in town? Yeah, I'd love to. So the Dickinson family uh, owns two banks, Academy Bank and, and Armed Forces Bank. Um, we have uh, been around since the 70s. We originally founded another bank in town that we built up to be the third largest locally owned bank that we sold in 2010. Uh, when we sold that bank, we took the capital and redeployed it amongst Academy Bank and Armed Forces, which is why those two banking franchises are considered two of the strongest banks in the country. Um, Academy Bank is our is our retail and commercial bank. Armed Forces is a very niche real, uh, military bank that's on military installations all over the country. Uh, Academy Bank is based here in Kansas City. Uh, we also um, have active markets in Denver, Colorado Springs, and Kansas City, uh, and Scottsdale as well. But Kansas City is where the family is based and where the bank is headquartered. Well, when you sold that other branch, that other bank off in 2010. Um, you all had to had to not be in the Kansas City market for a number of years. Yeah, that's right. We we signed a five year non compete that we wouldn't do any business in Kansas City, which was difficult because this is our hometown. Sure. But in 2015, we reemerged uh, now with a new bank on the uh, building of Academy and uh, are back to rebuilding uh, and growing the bank again like we did before. Well, I know the relationship I've had uh, with Doug Krause and Mark Emily, uh, president of the the, the uh, bank over. Uh, by Corporate Woods there. you know, It's in the old Bank of America building. Uh, great relationship, great people, great service. Um, love playing golf with you guys, too. It's always a lot, of, a lot of fun to go out to Brookridge and see how many balls we can lose in a day. <laughs> a lot. Yeah, that's kind of where I came in is I worked for uh, 
I worked with Dean and Mark at uh, Merit Bank, it was called. And when Academy Bank got the okay to come back in the Kansas City market, they bought Merit Bank and nothing really changed but the letterhead and the logo at the top of it. Um, phone numbers and everything stayed the same, but Merit B- Bank became Academy Bank and I had a new employer. What would you say sets Academy Bank apart from the competition? Um, from a high level, I would say that it's a, you know, a locally owned family, you know, family owned bank. It's not, um, definitely a corporation, but it's not a big, you know, multinational bank. It's more of a local feel with real people that you can get a hold of if you need to. Our goal is to be the go-to bank in our communities. So whether that be on the mortgage side or having the best money market and CD rates in town, having uh, the best home equity line, our goal is to be that go-to bank that clients will come and and want to have a, a good, true banking relationship. Well, you're listening to Grill Nation show uh, with uh, me, Brian Sarf, and uh, filling in a little bit for Jason today uh, here on 980 KMBZ. We thank you for listening, and we're going to be right back after this short break. Welcome back to the Grill Nation show with Jason Grill on 980 AM on iTunes via podcast and on grillnationshow.com. I'm Brian Sarf from True Wealth and Company, guest, co-host, and contributor to the Grill Nation show. As Jason mentioned at the top of the show, he is unable to join us because of a last-second conflict, but we are happy to be here talking to Jeff Sullivan and Tim Kay from Academy Bank. Uh, you know, we talked a little bit about... Academy Bank and some of the unique, uh, some of the unique aspects of, of Academy Bank. But I was reading an article this weekend from American Banker, and it's talking about the top trends in banking for 2019. And they say in there that to stay competitive, banks are investing millions of dollars into technology to digitize nearly every aspect of their business. How is Academy Bank addressing these innovations in digitizing for their customers? Well, I think every bank is, uh, moving more towards just electronic communication, you know, whether that's, you know, it used to be fax machines 20 years ago and then it became scanning and then it became uploading. And now it's, you know, apps to be able to check your, your stuff online or look at your stuff online or electronically sign it maybe with uh, DocuSign um, in lieu of, or in addition to, you know, a wet, a, a signature like with an ink pen. Um, all that said, though, I don't know that anything ever replaces the ability to be able to just come and sit down face to face with, you know, with your actual banker and the actual decision makers. Um, the rest of it is, at least currently anyway, it's something that is uh, makes it more convenient for clients to access their banking needs when the bank's not open. You know, at eight o'clock at night when is when most people pay their bills or upload their bank statements or download their bank statements or do whatever banking documents they need. Sure. See, but you're there 24 seven. Yeah. When they need you. Yeah. The computer's always there. But the pe- I think it's probably changed why people come to the bank now. And I mean, they don't have to come in to deposit all their checks and check their balances and all that, that there's a, you know, right. It's, it's yeah. Most automated. of the time now it's just a follow up question on something that they already did electronically just to mm-hmm. clarify. Um, you know, and it's, and it's interesting in, in, in the mortgage world because 
there have been, you know, Quicken loans and places like that that have been that have been their intent to, you know, sort of make a call center out of out of mortgage companies and they've, you know, been intent on almost taking the human element completely out of it and and they haven't done that great of a job um, you know, maybe for the last almost until recently, but I'll tell you this, they're certainly getting better and better at it every year. Mm-hmm. Can you do the entire loan process digitally for your clients? 99% of it. Yeah. The, the final stuff needs to be signed with an ink pen. Sure. The final closing. Um, when we look at um, AI and robotics, as they start taking an impact in 2019 and beyond, you know, there's, there's, there's so much hype around it, but there really hasn't been, you know, a lot of applications yet in the service industry. It's beginning, you know, in my world, it's, it's the robo advisor, uh, you know, send, send your money to a computer and it'll allocate it and manage it for you. Right. Um, you know, we haven't been through a big downturn with that yet. So we'll see how it does when we have our, our next big pullback uh, in my business. How is it impacting you all? And, and what are you seeing in the AI and the robotics world? There's a lot of exciting things happening in banking when it comes to, to AI, uh, whether it's talking about chat bots or things like that. But it's, it's not only just the front of the house, but the back of the house, how we're handling all of our processing, uh, how we're uh, taking on um, changes that clients need to make after the accounts are opened. Um, AI and all that is uh, adding a lot of efficiencies that uh, we've just never been able to experience before. Please tell me your online chat bot will not be as terrible as it is when you go buy a car. Um, I, you know, I just, I bought a car for my daughter uh, recently. She turned 16, uh, bought another car for the house, a good used car, you know. And I would go online and the chat bot would pop up. And so I asked a couple of questions to there, had a conversation, um, and it said it was a real person. And so I went in and I said, hey, can I speak to Melissa? And they said, we don't have a Melissa that works here. <laughs> and I said, no, I was just talking to Melissa online. And they said, no, no, that's the chat bot. Uh, we'll hook you up with a salesperson, you know, out front. And, and so all the chat bots, they all have these real names of the real people that they say work there. Uh, but when you go through the dealerships, they all have the same Melissa, uh, well, the same picture of Melissa, but she has a different name at every dealership. <laughs> and you go in and ask for it and she doesn't work there. And it was just really odd as Pretty a, funny. from a buying experience to, interact with somebody online that represents themselves as a real person. And when you go in, uh, that person's not there. Uh, it just seemed really weird to me as a, from a consumer perspective. Well, one of our enterprise priorities is to continue to be a fast follower in terms of technology. And so we're looking at all those things, chatbots. But I will personally guarantee you that if and when we do start having chatbots, you'll have a better experience at the bank. Than Thank you. you. So. Thank you. That was, a, that, that was just an odd an odd, an odd setup when you go through that. Tim and Jeff are real people, by the way. Yes. <laughs> well, you guys are. I thought you guys were chatbots in here. No. Um, let's talk about consumer data. It's a really big deal. Privacy, you know, it seems to be that, um, you know, identity theft continues, uh, continues to be a huge problem. It's going to continue to be with us for a long period of time. Cybersecurity uh, and all the hacks and all of the, you know, invasions are continuing every day. Um, what is Academy Bank doing? Uh, to, number one, protect their clients' data, but number two, uh, through some of the bills in Congress and that, um, they are going to begin to give more control to the consumer of of who uses their data and where it goes and, and how it's distributed and sold. How are you all reacting to these changes in consumer data? It's a daily task. I mean, we, we have whole teams of security designed into protecting that data. Um, I've been in banking 25 years, and the level of uh, scrutiny, um, technology, manpower that uh, is 
designed around protecting client data uh, is, is unbelievable. Um, so something that we focus on every single day, something we take very serious. We have clients coming in every day whose identities have been stolen, and we're there to help them um, figure out what's happened and, and try to put the pieces back together. Uh, but it's a very stressful situation and one that uh, we do everything we can to avoid it. Uh, for some of our commercial clients, we uh, promote products like Positive Pay, which help cut down on fraud. Yes, uh, love Positive and, Pay. Uh, just, Great feature. Um, something that uh, a lot of clients don't know about, but we talk about all the time. Explain what Positive Pay is for sure. those that don't know what that is. It's yeah. A- a great feature. I love it for my business. Yeah, mainly designed for business owners, especially if you're writing a decent amount of checks. But what you do as the client is you upload a file um, each morning that tells the bank what checks that you've written. And then as those are processed through the Fed system and they hit the bank, if there's anything that doesn't match up with the file before it's paid, it's kicked out, goes back to the client and says, is this a good check? Did you maybe forget to add this to the file? Did it come afterwards? Or is this fraudulent? And so you can catch that fraud right off the bat. Um, it's such and stop a simple. It. Yes. It's such a simple really solution is. of, hey, why don't I let them know what, what check I'm writing? Does that slow down the check clearing process any? It doesn't. It doesn't. It all happens that, that morning. Uh, so it uh, the, really the client doesn't see um, any difference in terms of how quickly things clear. But if it stops one fraudulent check, uh, we have a client um, that, Positive pay was the one thing that stopped a, a huge embezzlement from one of their uh, associates uh, that pays for itself. Yeah, it does. It really does. We love it. Wouldn't live without it. Um, we we kind of touched on this a little bit, but I wanted to make sure we had a longer discussion on it because I think it's a real big differentiator of, of banking and mortgages of a lot of companies are going more to online lending for mm. their consumer loans, for their mortgages, Um, and I know that that's not a focus of Academy bank that you wanted to be more of a personal service. Talk about why you made that decision to be more local, more personal, rather than to go the, the digital route from the call rooms and through the computer full time. You know, we pretty much use, um, technology and online, you know, applications and DocuSign and all the, all that extra stuff as more of a facilitator or more of like a lever. You know, when most of the time when, when, when we deal with people, you get, you get me, you don't, and my team, you don't get, you know, an extra person named Melissa that's a chat bot. You never do actually. And so, um, I try really hard. We try really hard to use, you know, online, um, application technology to as like a force multiplier of what I can do. Yeah. Uh, You're listening to the Grill Nation show with Brian Sarf. I'm joined here with Jeff Sullivan and Tim Kay from Academy Bank as we talk about some of the trends and some of the unique aspects of Academy Bank in town. All right, one that's a hot topic uh, that I know is going to be more of a hot topic is medical marijuana. Um, you know, the, the licenses and applications start here in a couple of days. I think they can start selling that next year, and then we're really going to see a lot of that on the Missouri side that when they begin to cultivate and infuse and dispense um and it always comes up questions from my clients about investing in that industry. Uh, the other side of it is, how do we get around the banking laws? What do we do with that? And yeah, have, have you seen any movement from the federal government on, uh, on, on loosening up the banking laws for being able to deposit money from businesses for medical marijuana? We have not seen much movement yet. Uh, I'm sure that at some point in time it's coming, but um, things have stayed pretty pat um, that, that there's still a lot of restrictions when it comes to that. 
whether it's medical marijuana or CBD. Um, we get questions probably multiple times a week. So, so not even on uh, CBD oil. You can't deposit money from those either into uh, into the banks. No, we uh, continue to get conversations and questions about it, but uh, the restrictions and what we've been advised to do remain just like they have been for the past couple of years. Sure, and your hands are going to remain tied until the federal laws change and there's a mandate across the country to either to, to hold steady as they are or to loosen the uh, loosen the laws up and allow some of that money to flow into the banking system. It's, uh, it's amazing to me about how much cash is out there that's generated uh, by this business. I mean, the medical side will generate some, but when it goes recreational, I mean, the amount of cash that's just there and, and really just the safety of having that much cash out in the community is uh, really ridiculous to me that it can't get into the system. It creates a problem because there's no safer place for the cash to be than in the bank, and if they're not allowed to put it in the bank, then that creates a problem. Yeah, it really does, doesn't it? Yeah. Of your, uh, you're listening to us here on the Grill Nation show. We appreciate you listening. Uh, we're going to take a quick break, and then we'll be back here in a minute as we uh, as we wrap up talking with Jeff Sullivan and Tim K. Thanks for listening to the Grill Nation show with Jason Grill on 980 AM. We'll be right back. I got that sunshine in my pocket. Got that good soul in my feet. I feel that hot blood in my body when it drops. Welcome back to the Grill Nation show with Jason Grill on 980 AM on iTunes via podcast and on grillnationshow.com. I'm Brian Sarf from True Wealth and Company, guest co-host and contributor to the Grill Nation show. As Jason mentioned at the top of the show, he is unable to join us because of a last second conflict. You can connect with Jason on Twitter at Jason Grill. And we hope you're enjoying the show today. And we're very happy to be back with Jeff Sullivan and Tim Kay with Academy Bank. Thank you. That's great, uh, great information that we're sharing today uh, of learning a little bit about Academy Bank and their, you know, growing presence in Kansas City. I know there's a new location getting ready to open up. When do you open up over there at 135th and Metcalf by my That office? branch should open up uh, mid to late June, okay. right, at, right at the corner of 135th and Metcalf. We've got a branch in the crossroads that's going to open in July. Uh, that is at 19th and Main. Another one coming in Lenexa in their new city center area towards the end of the year. Uh, so you're going to start to see a lot more Academy Bank branches uh, popping up all over the place. That means you've been busy out there. Yeah. You've had we, to pick you, all the sites and do all the research. Well, it's been fun. We're trying to, uh, we're attracting good quality bankers to come join the Academy family. And, uh, it's been pretty enticing. There's not a lot of family owned, privately held banks, uh, growing at the rate that we're growing. So we've got a neat story to tell. Yes, that, that is uh, awesome. Are you hiring? Uh, very much so. I mean, the, the bank is, is, is rapidly growing. We set a corporate goal in 2016 to double the size of the bank uh, by 2021. Uh, so we're about halfway through that. Uh, that's going to come from organic growth by opening new branches, but also from some acquisitions like we did with Merit Bank. Uh, so, you know, we are going to go from around 1,000 um, associates to probably around 1,500, 1,600 by the time we reach that goal. Uh, so going to be some great opportunity for people. If somebody has a resume they want to send in uh, to you, uh, how do they get that to you? You want them to mail it to you or email it to you? Uh, really just go onto the website, academybank.com, and look under careers, and all the uh, openings are posted. And that's the uh, best place for people to go to uh, uh, attach a resume and fill out an application. You know, I was reading uh, last week, um, 
and this is just some of the the good news that it doesn't always get through uh, because uh, there's so much bad news out there that we have to listen to um, on uh, television and and uh, and that that the number of job openings in America is greater than the number of people looking for work. <laughs> is that ridiculous? <clears throat> Crazy. It is, which means that we have to pay more as business owners, and we have to pay more as employers uh, to attract the right talent because there's a high competition uh, with this low unemployment rate, which which is great for the employee to make a little, uh, make a few extra dollars. So, do you think that implies inflation is coming? Wage based inflation? Um, you know, I don't. I don't see it. It 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 certainly it seems like it would be there. Uh, but we haven't seen uh, we haven't seen pricing and inflation jump back into the system yet. I mean, you got the Federal Reserve is talking about making a rate cut, right. which I think is the most ridiculous thing in the world. With all the money we have in quantitative easing and all the extra cash, that's probably going to happen. Well, I know it's not in the money supply. It's not in the you know it's not out there for everybody to use, and it's just on deposit uh, at the big banks, and it's not really affecting you know the money that circulates. So that's why that's not hurting inflation. Um, and we're not really seeing a lot of inflation. There are, there are pockets where prices have gone up. But, you know, I think a big competitive advantage for the United States now is uh, that we are uh, the, number one, the number one exporter of oil, and we will be the number one exporter of natural gas for both in the year 2020. I mean, I think about that from my perspective, that in my entire lifetime, from 1970 through now, you know, through a couple of years ago, we've been importing our entire lives. <laughs> And now we're going to switch to exporting. And so uh, we're really able to shave off some of that inflation because energy is a lot cheaper for manufacturing, production, cars, gasoline. And then we're able to export it and uh, make a few extra bucks. Uh, I think that keeps some of the lid down on inflation. Especially with natural gas. That's much more commonly used in other countries than in the U.S. where yeah. we have an exp- a surplus of it. So do you think the Fed's going to, uh, you think the Fed's going to cut rates, huh? I think they're going to cut one time this year and maybe one or two times next year. Wow. I'd be surprised if they don't. Yeah, they make a twice this year. Because I just see that we're in a cycle where interest rates are going to stay low or flat for a long time. I just don't see this quick spike back um, up that we're going to yeah. we're going to get back to you know uh, you know when my first home loan was eight percent, yeah, uh, which is still low comparatively to my parents who their highest I think was thirteen. Yeah, I had eight and a half. You know, I, I was listening to. Uh, uh, some young home buyers, millennials, that were complaining that uh, when the relate rates were getting near five, that they were just so high and unobtrusive. You know uh, that that five percent was really crazy. Oh yeah, back in the nineties when I got in the business, we did a lot of refinances where we were refinancing stuff that was at like twelve, thirteen, fourteen percent, and then in I don't know ten years after that, um, rates went all the way down to six and a quarter, and we just couldn't work enough to do all those refinances and. <laughs> If rates went up to six and a quarter now, people would freak out thinking it was the worst thing they'd ever seen because we're at three and four percent for the last ten years. Well, when you look at this, the size of home you can purchase. Oh yeah, for uh, you know at six percent versus twelve. Yeah, and, I think and if, even at three. I think if rates went significantly up, we'd probably see a similar number of sale units happen. People would just probably spend less money and probably more pressure the price of houses than it would the number of people that buy houses. Because if you need to buy another house because you had a kid. You're probably going to buy another house. You may just not buy as fancy a one. Yeah. And the huge demand, though, still for that. Uh, you have a couple of programs that you offer. Uh, you have the uh, the Hero mm-hmm. Loan you were telling me about, and you have a, a loan for doctors. Can you talk about those uh, programs? Are they unique yeah. to Academy Bank? Yeah, both of those are uh, very unique and very um, individual um, that we've created out of 
out of out of the bank's own funds to uh, to serve. You know, the hero loan is specifically a loan that's designed to give back to first responders. So um, first responders, normally when you buy a house, you have to put down at least 5% to do a normal conventional loan. And a hero loan uh, is a zero down loan. And you have to be, you know, a policeman or a firefighter or a paramedic or a nurse or an EMF, um, EMS, some, something like that. Um, but it's basically a way that, you know, we're trying to help people that have those important jobs really put down roots in the community. So does that uh, then they don't have to pay PMI if they get that loan and they're not putting any money down? On the hero loan, you do. Yeah, on the hero loan, there's PMI. The doctor loan um, is a similar thing, and on that, they're trying to uh, make it um, facilitate doctors, you know, moving to Kansas City and living in our in our markets. So that the the doctor loan, the physician loan, is basically a zero down loan. Normal interest rates. Both of these have normal conventional thirty year fixed interest rates. Um, with no PMI on the doctor loan, it's a good deal. It's a really good deal. That's a that's a pretty uh, phenomenal niche. Yeah, to serve to help people, you know, uh, buy their first home or or move. Yeah, and um, we hope they'll open a checking account and have a banking relationship with us. And yeah, it'd be nice to extend the services. Right. Yeah, for sure. Um, so how how big is Academy Bank? What's the size of uh, deposits? Academy is a little over two billion in total assets uh, at, the, at the holding company level. That would include uh, Academy and Armed Forces Bank. That's a pretty good pile of pennies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a nice size regional bank, um, you know, local headquarters, but uh, more of a super community type bank. Big enough to be big, but not so big you can't get a hold of the right people. Yes, that's so important to be able yeah. to talk to somebody when you need them and you don't get caught up in the mm-hmm. voicemail hell hell that you can't get through it and find the people you need when you need <laughs> help and service. Right. Uh, you're listening to The Grill Nation Show with uh, Brian Sarf. I'm filling in for Jason Grill today. And uh, we're talking with Jeff Sullivan, the head of retail banking at Academy Bank, and Tim Kay, the uh, senior vice president of retail mortgage lending at Academy Bank. Um, Jeff, share with us a little bit about the origins of Academy Bank and how everything started. Um, whose vision was it that began you know, the, this company that's around today so many years later? Yeah, I appreciate the question. The, the, the vision is really from uh, a man named Gary Dickinson. Gary was an entrepreneur. Uh, that uh, lived in and around the Chillicothe area. He began buying small banks and uh, really got into the banking business in the early 70s. He continued to grow the banking franchise uh, to the point that around the early 90s, uh, the bank got too big for Chillicothe and they moved the headquarters to Kansas City. Uh, Gary, unfortunately, in 1997 was killed in a car accident and his family stepped in at the time, pretty unique time in the bank's history of, of what they were going to do. A um, couple of Gary's children uh, were attorneys here in Kansas City, uh, his wife, Ann, and they all got together and decided, no, they were not going to sell the bank. This was their dad's legacy, which it continues to be today. Uh, and the uh, elder children uh, left their law practices and came in and, and began running the bank. Um, Ann was our Chairwoman of the board for a long time, um, continues to, to still be active. Um, so the, the family has a very uh, hands-on approach and filled most of our executive positions. Um, and uh, just a very successful American story of uh, a bank that's grown, um, had some challenges um, and some strategies, but overcame those and um, striving today. Well, in any of the banks that made it through 0809, and exist today <laughs> that are still standing uh, have have fought through some wicked trials and tribulations, not just from 
you know the the stock market crash and the financial collapse but but then secondarily is the the massive amount of compliance the ridiculous amount of compliance it always swings too far <laughs> one way and now we need to pull that pendulum back to normal as we get through it but making it through that is 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 pretty incredible no you're absolutely right to to, to go through that and to and to be today where a couple of weeks ago the bank was named one of the five strongest banks in Kansas City uh, is a true testament and uh, something we're very proud of. I mean, you just look at the banks that don't exist anymore. And, you know, who would have told you that, you know, Lehman Brothers is gone uh, from there, you know, more on the trading side and the bond side, but still had a, had a footprint on the banking side. Uh, Bear Stearns, uh, gone. You know, you got Merrill Lynch, which is now absorbed by Bank of America, which is gone. Uh, Wachovia, so many others that were out there before that were huge names. And Washington guys, Mutual. Washington Mutual that are just gone. They didn't make it through. Countrywide. And they, 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 they got run over by uh, this the financial crisis and Academy made it through. And you guys are stronger than ever. As we go to your, your growth of, uh, you said $4 billion by when? By 2021. That's our corporate goal. By 2021. So there you have it. 2021 and off they go. So you're visiting here with Jeff Sullivan and Tim Kay. Uh, fascinating information from today. And we're going to be right back after this break with more from the Grill Nation show with Jason Grill on 980 AM. Welcome back to the final segment of the Grill Nation show with Jason Grill on 980 AM on iTunes via podcast and on grillnationshow.com. I'm Brian Sarf from True Wealth and Company, guest, co-host, and contributor to the Grill Nation show. As Jason mentioned at the top of the show, he's unable to join us because of a last-second conflict. You can listen to all of the Grill Nation shows you might have missed at grillnationshow.com and on iTunes. Great to be here, guest co-hosting today. Hope you're having a great time listening, and uh, we're really enjoying our conversation with Jeff Sullivan and Tim Kay as we're getting a good introduction to Academy Bank as they're growing their footprint in Kansas City and, and learning more about them um, as, and their role in the banking industry. Tim, talk about uh, where you went to college, where you went to school, and why why did you choose banking? <laughs> well, I, um, I grew up in western Kansas, a little town called Greensburg. Got hit by a tornado about 10 years ago. After Greensburg, I went to K-State, and uh, I was a uh, I was a drive-up bank teller for a small little local bank there. After that, I didn't really know what I wanted to do, so I uh, stayed on with the bank, and they made me a, uh, a mortgage lender's assistant. And so I was really, really, really low, you know, low man on the totem pole. Um, but it was good. You know, I, I learned, went all the way up. Um, I think about in 1995, I became a, a mortgage lender like I am, and ha- I've only had about I think about three different jobs in the last 20 some years, this being the last one. And, uh, you know, I was, a, I was a mortgage broker for quite a while. And then for the last, you know, several years I've, I've been a, 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 an actual banker and, uh, it's been a good business. You know, I, I work with a lot of realtors and all of my business is all, you know, referral based. I, I, we don't, I don't really advertise at all. Um, how many realtors do you work with in the Kansas city area? You know, roughly in the last year, um, Around 500, a little bit over that, actually. Wow. Quite a few. Can you remember all their names? <laughs> no. Do they know really. you on the street? You know? <clears throat> no, I probably know the, <laughs> the top 100. <laughs> After that, it kind of gets to be a blur. But you've had a pretty good run. 
Yeah, pretty good, actually. And you're just getting started. Pretty good, yeah. You know, what do you got, another 20, 30 years left? <laughs> oh, at least. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, it's been a good business. It's uh, It's been a good job and a good, you know, I, I always joke that I haven't had a real job in 20 years. I All I do is I meet with people about where do they work and how much do they make and what do they do and where do they live at. And, and it's a pretty rare thing when I find somebody that I'd actually like to trade with. Yeah, that's awesome. And, and you and Michelle, yep. um, you got to be pretty proud of your son. Yeah. Of, uh, well, you want to share his story yep. a little bit? You know, yep. Brag on him a bit. Yeah, yeah. Connor, my, my stepson, starting Air Force Academy. Uh, the 4th, 15th, 14th of this month, we go out there. He goes out there. Yeah. That'll be a pretty cool experience for you. Yeah, the Academy is pretty neat, actually. It's a pretty tough place to get into, and he's a good kid. You know, he high up in his class and, and uh, played baseball for four years in high school and a bunch of club baseball and all that stuff. And Will he play baseball? Um, Probably. Continue? Yeah. Yeah, probably. That's Haven't great. decided for sure yet. They've they've said that that he could. That's most really, likely. We you know awesome. with the Air Force Academy, besides learning to be a pilot, you have to do some sports. And so he'll have to do something. So we don't know yet. Hadn't yeah. decided. Hadn't yep. let us know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he'll have it figured out. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he's he got himself organized. Yeah, he's he's seventeen. Yeah. He's already got everything figured out. Uh, Jeff, how about you? Uh, uh where'd you go to school? How'd you get into banking? Tell us a little bit about your uh, your backstory. Yeah, I'm born and raised in Kansas City. Um actually have uh, some banking um, in my family. My uh, grandmother was actually a teller supervisor for, for a really long time, and I have lots of childhood memories of going into the branch and, and just seeing how things worked. Um, in high school, I had been a, uh, a lifeguard and a golf caddy, and so by the time I got to Mizzou, which I know makes you happy, Brian, yes, uh, that uh, decided maybe something a little more of a strong resume builder would be uh, a good idea, so... Got a job uh, as a teller, just like Tim did, and did that and, until I finished up grad school and moved back to Kansas City and then just got some opportunities to learn all the areas of the bank. So in my 25 years, I've had a chance to work on uh, the commercial lending side in our treasury management area and in retail banking. So um, it's n- never uh, designed to be a banker for the rest of my life, but 25 years into it, it's... Uh, it's been a, a, a pretty much you're there. A, uh, yeah, here we are. Pretty yeah. much you're there. Yeah. Right. Uh, so if you could go back and do it over again, what would you change? What would you do differently uh, in the banking world? Uh, I think that uh, what banks have uh, uh, struggled with is um, turning the ship around to embrace this technology a little faster. Uh, I think the the decline of how often people are coming into the branches. A lot of banks are really struggling with that and are not making the right kind of decisions into uh, changing and adapting quick enough. Uh, so that uh, came on very, very rapidly. So if I had a chance to do it again, uh, be a little more on the cutting edge. Um, that's what I think is so great about Academy. I think we're ahead of where a lot of the industry is, uh, but you know, we could have even have seen it coming a little faster. Tim, anything you would have done differently in your in your career? Oh yeah, I would have. I was a mortgage broker for fifteen years. I would have. I would have got out of the broker business and gone to work for a bank much sooner. You know, as a bank, you know, with 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 being a broker, you sell all your loans to Fannie Mae, and so you're all worried about Fannie Mae's rules, which most of the time are just compliance regulations of like, are documents dated the right date and are they filled out properly? The whole Fannie Mae system sort of forgets to worry about our people. You know, is this guy actually going to make his payments? Where, whereas at a bank, when you're making a loan, you're more worried about, you know, is this thing going to get paid back, and are we going to, are we going to get in trouble on this? Or are we going to be okay? 
And, and, and because of that, it's a lot more common sense and it's a lot more user friendly and it's a lot more useful to be honest. I think one of the other pieces that, um, I wanted to make sure you brought up today was Mm -hmm. what I think makes you unique is your ability to serve your clients because you all are, you're writing your loans from an academy bank. You're not, you're, you're able to, to help more people that are in some tougher situations or yeah, they the, just don't conform to the, to the, to the rules. Yeah. The good and the bad of, of, of me and Academy bank is we can probably <laughs> do whatever you want to do. The good is we can do it. The bad is you can sometimes we got to think about how we're going to do it, but you can, you can figure it out if it makes sense. And what's the, what's your phone number again at Academy? Bank? Oh yeah. 913-232-5672. Awesome. If you're looking for a home loan, looking for a mortgage out there, you need a, somebody to look after you and tend after you. Uh, you can give uh, Tim and his staff a call. Yeah, we'll take and, good uh, care of you. His group uh, there at Academy Bank. Mm-hmm. Um, young people that are looking to jump into the banking industry and to make it a career, uh, what advice do you have for them as they are either looking to enter it or they're going to switch careers to banking? What advice do you all have? You know, I think uh, banking continues to be a great opportunity. Uh, things are certainly changing and, and adapting. So um, young people need to be um, a lot more carry the ability to talk to clients and to come up with solutions. Uh, the old school banking way was to sit behind a desk and wait for people to come in and then just talk about products where today we have, have to be a lot more consultative. We have to uh, think outside the box and to come up with solutions and we have to be a lot more proactive and go out and find clients instead of them coming in to find us. And it's not so much just selling what you have to sell. It's more about, finding out what does the customer actually need. And then as soon as you figure out what they need or what they want, then the sale becomes really easy because then you can just get it for them. Mm-hmm. Now what's uh, what's the best financial advice uh, that, that you've been given in your life that you live by today? Stay away from credit cards. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. Jeff, how about you? I think just starting early, you know, uh, saving 401k, all that from an early age just has such a huge impact as time goes on. That's music to my ears. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we, we find in today's society that most people wait uh, 20 years too late to hire an advisor to help them out. I hear all the time, I wish I would have known you earlier. Um, so, hey, thanks, you guys, for being here thank you. on the Grill Nation Show. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, so thanks again for listening to the Grill Nation Show with Jason Grill here on 980 AM today. I want to thank our guests, Jeff Sullivan and Tim Kay from Academy Bank. And I want to thank you for listening. Jason, we'll see you again next week for another exciting episode and awesome guests on the Grill Nation show. I'm Brian Sarf from True Wealth and Company, and we hope you have a spectacular Saturday here in beautiful Kansas City.